Hello, and welcome to the first Nine Circles audio thing podcast album of the month for the year 2021. We are covering Tribulation and their new album, Where the Gloom Becomes Sound. So if you came here expecting hot stock tips or where what you can make a bunch of uh, money off of GameStop stock or AMC, I can't help you, Eric. I, Dogecoin. I just, yeah. The I, or, yeah. Dogecoin. Or, yeah. Or I will admit I bought some Dogecoin the other day not realizing that. I was like, man, look, at it. it's going up. It's going up. And I'm like, yeah, but it's at like three cents. Yeah. You got to get in before that bubble bursts, though. It's going to burst hard. <laughs> the the yeah. bubble's going to burst. Yeah. And I just see people, you know, for those of you who don't know what's going on, you know, right now the American stock market is fucking blowing up with uh, Internet users taking it to the hedge fund billionaires. People you know. people finally realize that everything's made up and the points don't matter. So, <laughs> yeah, so people are buying hundreds of shares of GameStop you know, making all this money and it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know a clue about the stock market, but what I do know and what these writers here joining me do know is heavy metal. And I am joined by some of the best writers. I would say the best writers in metal. So I'm going to first start it with the man with the best mustache on crew, Mr. Vincent. How's everything going today, brother? You heard it here first. It is official best mustache on crew. Haters be damned. I'm exactly. doing good. I'm excited for the I'm excited for the first one of uh, of the new year. And this is going to be a really fun album to talk about, I think. I agree, too. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I did a interview with Adam Zars uh, what, two or three weeks back, and we were going off about you know, how much fun this album is. And we'll get to all that later. This is Fantastic a fun album interview, by the way. Oh, Buke. Just thank just you, my in friend. Case anybody didn't realize this is actually like thank you. part two of a sequence of yes. tribulation yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Go back and listen to that interview. Like, Thanks. stop right. what you're doing. Stop listening to this. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to this interview. podcast. Yeah. Don't what are you doing? Turn this off. Go back and listen to me and Adam blabbing about, uh, you know, taking Talking the makeup yeah. for 45 minutes, yeah. taking off the makeup and playing Secret of Mana. I, it's funny Yo, where the podcasts go. Where else are you going to get content like this? <laughs> Nowhere, baby. Exactly. And, you know, chiming in, you know him, you love him. You can't see his awesome tribulation hat right now. Ian, how's it, how's it going today, buddy? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as that, but we're doing we're doing OK. We got like a foot of snow overnight. So it's going to be still snowing. Yeah. We're going to get about a foot more before the day's over. So it'll be really fun to have to dig my car out of all of this, but I'm, I'm ignoring that in favor of talking about a, uh, a superb album. So sitting next to you in misery right now with the snow, Angela, how are you today? Doing good. Doing good. We're excited to talk about this one, especially because Ian and I co-wrote a review on it, we both really another home run. Oh, thank you, and we both really love tribulation. And yeah, that is that I mentioned it too when you guys did it for the first time last year. That's one of my favorite things the two of you guys do, like the two-headed snake coming together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I love that. So now a veteran of the Nine Circles podcast, he's back again. He wrote a couple reviews that were out in the past week. Uh, a fan, well, I don't want to speak for him, Diedrich. What do you think oh, of I, snow? I am sure you see a lot in your your day, right? 
actually not nearly as much as I would have liked. We right. actually got we got like three centimeters overnight, which is great because any more any morning that you wake up when it's white is fantastic. But yeah, it's gonna be gone in like a day because we tend to fluctuate now between minus ten and plus ten, which is horrific. It ends up just being all muddy. Yeah. But yeah, we've barely gotten any snow in the past five years, which is weird for. I'm basically like under the Alps, yet it barely snows. It's mm. frustrating, really. Well, do you do any skiing? No. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> I would probably break some things. The one time, our our grade school used to have a trip where they took us to one of those uh, ski places where they make fake snow and they let you ski like all the time and that actually happened like somebody who went skiing actually ended up breaking an arm doing it and so i just decided that was not for me i am in i am in ride or die inner tube man i I also have i have no concept of personal safety so i would probably just go (laughs) down as fast as possible yeah i do that with my with my bicycle so i went like over 70 kilometers per hour this summer with a bike and yeah probably not the best idea so Hey, but you're uh, still here. Die, so. I, I am still here, but if I did that on skis, I might not be here. because At least the ski wasn't brown, yeah. so that's that. <laughs> well, somebody who sadly can't be saved from the horrors of grad school by snow. Nope. She's joining us again, Miss Haricat. How's things going today, ma'am? I am suffering. I have an eye infection, which is why I am not on camera right oh, now. Oh, no. For you. Dry eyes and allergies. Especially in this climate where it's been really dry has been really bad for my eyesight. Yeah. That's it, rough, buddy. How yep. how is it when the wildfires kick up? Do they hit you where you're at? Oof. Yes. And I'm sure you can, you're just you it's can like you have glass. It. Yeah. Is it is Every, it like you have glass in your eyes? It just, Everything smells like a barbecue yeah. and my allergies go berserk. Exactly. Like I literally when the wildfires were going, because where where I live, I basically live at the base of the mountains that were burning. So I could like look outside of my window and see like all the smoke and stuff. And it was it was just it was a nightmare. <laughs> I live in the valley. So for context, San Fernando Valley is like a pit in the middle of San Fernando Valley. And every week get the smoke and it comes and it just looks like really bad ash. And then when the winds kick in, you're just like, well, there goes my car. Mm-hmm. I, I cleaned it. Now it's dirty again. Yeah. Oh. It's oh. like snow, but <laughs> yes. more horrifying. It's shitty snow. <laughs> yeah. It tastes it's like, like, snow. like burning. <laughs> yes. Yes. My, favorite, oh. my favorite Ralph Wiggum quote yes. of all time. <laughs> exactly. Like well you know again the album we are going to be discussing this month is where the gloom becomes sound kick off our talk about Tribulation and their album Where the Gloom Becomes Sound. Well, two people who are here wrote the album up for the website, so we could start there, I suppose. My man, I like that intro. 
Go ahead, guys. So we're being voluntold now. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. I feel like the best place to start talking about this is that um, I I loved this album. Um, and it, it is an album that the more I listen to it, the more I the more I love it. It's I think one of the things that we both agreed on when we were talking about our thoughts in preparation for writing the review is that um, I was kind of expecting it to sound less like a tribulation album. And it doesn't, it sounds like a tribulation album. It sounds like everything that it has all of the elements that you would expect it to have, but there's, there's more to it than just that. There's now this much stronger, like, poppy elements to it. Like the first three tracks, you know, between in remembrance into our, the wolf into Leviathans, they're so catchy. They're so groovy. Like I was literally, and you can, you can attest to this. I was listening to this just before we hopped on the call and I like could not stop myself from dancing in my seat. Listening and to it. What, what a great point. And that is what hooked me on tribulation when they first started out, I'm trying to think what was the big single off of Children of the Night. Shit. Is it, I used to know this one. But the first, like the big video, the big single off that, like what really made you step back and be like, wow, what what is like, who are, are these guys is. But whatever. The, I'm oh, gonna look. I believe that was the video for uh, Strange Gateways Beckon, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, yep. Yes. Bingo. That yeah. was just so catchy. Right, it hooked you right from the start, and that's exactly what this album does too. Mm-hmm. Every track just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. My sure. experience with the album is almost entirely contained to me putting it on on my headphones and dancing around my kitchen doing stuff while I listen to it. Yeah. Yep. The I mean, it literally it like when I hear the dance beats in the chorus of In Remembrance, like the the post punk vibes in Hour of the Wolf, just those little melodies and the beats that catch you. It makes me think of the goth kids from South Park. Like it makes me want to do <laughs> that dance. It's and, and there's just there's so much stuff that just claws its way into your brain from the mm-hmm. first time you hear it. It's the smartest their songwriting has ever been. It's the most catchy that their songwriting has ever been yeah and we both you know we're talking when we're writing the review we both think that it is the best tribulation album to date um and we feel that each album that they release gets a little more interesting and the production gets a little bit cleaner Mm -hmm. um and more polished and yeah we just and and that was the my my reading of the the promo that we got is that the clean and polished sound was intentional this time because they worked with someone new and mm-hmm. a new studio with the intent of getting this sound to be much more. Now I don't want to say clean and polished again, but it's a, yeah, it's a more like it's almost radio friendly, but yeah. it's not very radio friendly. If it right. were, if it weren't for the fact that the lyrics were all about occultism and death worship. And if it weren't for the vocals, you could hear a song like Leviathan on the radio it feels like it fits totally into that sort of oeuvre. If you put them in different outfits, you what you get here for for people who are not familiar, this is Ghost. Where yeah. where where Ghost is now. Mm-hmm. 
because you hear like rats and stuff. You hear that on the radio. Like this, yeah. this is what ghosts could. If yeah, like, if yeah. if Anders did clean vocals, wishes they were tribulation though. I have to agree with Hera on this one. I've never been as into ghost <laughs> as everybody ghost? else seems to I be, have... but this, yeah, this is way more my speed. And I, I, have, I think like, it's an analogy for that. Oh no, ghost is like Scooby Doo, and tribulation is like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that it's interesting, actually, Angela, that you mentioned um, that this album was their most interesting to date. Has anybody had any experience listening to Tribulation when they were a death metal band? Vaguely. I got into them. I, I bought yeah. this hat. I bought this hat on the uh, when they were touring Children of the Night. Mm-hmm. So um, they were playing mostly songs from Children of the Night. And those were the ones that I remembered because I saw them. I saw them open for for Envy and I hate you. I will hate you forever. (laughs) I will hate you until the day that I die. Yeah. And (laughs) and I didn't I wasn't expecting anything because I'd never heard of them before. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to think that like two bands like Envy and Deaf Heaven that are both mind blowing live, like truly an indescribable experience to walk away from something like that and still remember the openers and like, and go not only were, Hey, that tribulation band was really something. I went and I bought a hat and I skipped buying deaf heaven merch to go buy a tribulation hat so that's the impression that they left on me. And as soon as I left, once I was coming down from, you know, the, the spiritual experience of seeing Envy live, I the first thing that I wanted to do was listen to Children of the Night. So I did a lot. I <laughs> um, got then into I went back and listened to their older stuff, but it didn't stick with me as much as Children of the Night did. I tried to get into Tribulation when the formulas of death came out because everyone was like, oh, this album is so good and blah, blah, blah. And I bounced off of it really hard. I did. I really did not find it at all that interesting. And then the children of the night came out and they dropped all the death metal from their sound and they just became a goth rock band. And I was like, instantly, I was like, this is so much more enjoyable. It's so much more unique. Mm -hmm. What they did with the children of the night they carved out a sound that literally nobody else was doing. There was no other band that sounded like Tribulation. And now you have a bunch of bands that sound like Tribulation, and Tribulation still sounds better than them. <laughs> because they keep because they keep pushing themselves. And yeah, it's this album is a fantastic addition to their lineage. You know, it is I'll, that's a great point. And I, I want to mention this before I go to Diedrich here, who's patiently sitting by. He's, I love his patience here. Um, you know, there was something you mentioned, Ian, about you, you can't describe the set. The perfect thing that comes to mind, like I mentioned in the interview, they are not reinventing the wheel here. You're not going to expect anything different in this, what you get from any other of uh, the Gothic sound that they have now. But this is a very mature, just even more perfected, sound that they have this is this is just one of those albums that again i could put on for for anybody who's not into metal and this shows how good it is you can put it for anyone who's not into metal who could get past 
the maybe the vocals or the little growl, they could easily enjoy this album. This it is, is it is a very accessible album. It's a perfect gateway drug. It mm-hmm. is. It is. But it, there's also there's also enough there for people like us who've been listening to metal for years, yeah. decades maybe. Like this is sort still of an the, album that I I enjoy. It is not like baby's first metal. It is a good of, introduction because it's got the popular elements, but this is still a really smart metal album that anyone can enjoy. New wave of British heavy metal callbacks that they do on like Daughter of the Gin and Funeral yes. Pyre with like the Motorhead bass lines. Can we the guitar solos? Yes, are unbelievable. Yes. than anything else they've ever done. The solo on Daughter of the Djinn makes me lose my fucking mind when I hear it. And I don't know who that is. I thought it was Adam. I thought Adam was like their lead guitar player, but I've seen Jonathan take a solo or two live. I don't they know. Who it off. Is, yeah. But, but it's like whoever did that solo, my God, like <laughs> we, we got to bring back more the appreciation for their, their technical skill. We got to bring back the old school way of doing liner notes where you credit the solos yes. in the lyrics of the song. Yes. Yeah. Blood Incantation, I think, are the only band that I've seen that have tried to bring that back. But we need to do it more. Yes. And this it it should be mentioned, too, that Tribulation was doing all this when Jonathan left. Yeah. The guitarist left and they brought in their old friend, Joseph. And this happened back in this December. I was going to I was going to wait to to bring this up and we'll talk about this more in depth, I'm sure. I thought it was so cool. I did not know that he, that Joseph was a childhood friend of Adam and Anders. And that makes me feel not that I didn't, not that I have no faith in them, but that makes me feel a lot more secure because I mean, I, you know, I love tribulation. Jonathan's stage presence has always been something that like, that's what cemented them in my brain. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, the songs were great, but what made me want to like, full on stand them with a hat was Jonathan's stage presence. And when I found out he left, I was like, Oh shit, what are they going to do? Listening to your interview and finding out that they, they got their childhood friend to come in and be in the band with them. I was like, they're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. (laughs) They're a a band with a vision. And when somebody that close to the vision leaves, you kind of wonder how it's going to change. And I think bringing in somebody close to them was a smart idea to help keep that going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's, I love the excitement we're all sharing in this. Diedrich, do you share our same excitement, buddy? No. And that's why I haven't <laughs> And that's anything. why I love podcasting. I love different yeah. opinions. Let me hear it, buddy. Um, I don't want to say anything about the album being bad or anything. I don't think it is. It is just very much not my thing. And I okay. found it boring. And I did actually think what you brought up earlier about it sounding like Ghost. I did think it was kind of more of a cult version of Ghost. And I hate Ghost because yes. it's just Swedish pop. It's it's just Swedish pop in a fancy makeup and a bit of a weird dress thingy. So, yeah, I, it's just really not my thing. But 
I can appreciate what they're doing. I, I do think they're important to the scene. They've done their specific sound, and that's great. And it's they're just a very important band. I can admit that, but it's definitely not my thing. I'm I'm also super glad that we have dissenting voices on here because yes. I know. I think you, I think it was actually you were asking this question in our group chat about like why we think that certain pieces get more traction than others, and I think that it's because for a long time we cal we like curated a listenership that goes for Black Death, Doom, and Prague, and like yeah. that's kind of where our website's wheelhouse has been for a long time. And so now that we've got people who write about different stuff than that. I, I I think it's good to bring to bring those voices on because we could just easily have done an episode where everybody heaps and heaps and heaps praise on this album, and like you know it would have been it would have been fine. But it's it's nice to have a different opinion on there every now and then, you know. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that a lot of you are into classic death metal and maybe classic black metal, and I am absolutely just do not pay attention to that yeah. part of the scene. Um, but I do know a lot of folk some power, some prog that most of you probably don't follow. So yeah, we need, we need like people who cover different bases because metal is just so vast. Exactly. We can't cover it all. So you need lots of people to who yeah. know different subgenres. And I think nobody would ever want to paint it into a corner, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, did you, did, did you listen to them before? No. Like, did I, you I've ever? Heard, okay. I've heard a couple of songs and just, yeah, it's not my okay. thing. I'm not yeah. interested in listening further. It, it, that's it, that's perfectly all right. I get I, you know, for my friends here and for the sake of the podcast, I try. You know, with black metal, I'm the same way. I try it. It's still like I just that's fair. I just can't. I like yeah. black metal, and I've been bouncing off of a lot of the black metal that I've been listening to lately. Even stuff that's been getting yeah. like stuff that's been getting a. T- I listened to one album that people were like. It came out like two weeks ago, I think, and people are already calling it 2021's album of the year. And I listened to it and I'm like, this is this is fine, but it's just a black metal album, you know, doesn't really doesn't really do much of anything other than that. It's it's fine. But, you know, for well, me, there's a great division in black metal. If you have the traditional second wave, I think it's horrible. Oh, it's, it's bad. I agree. With toasters, it's and bad. I can't stand that. Something like Dark Throne. I don't understand how people like Dark Throne. Oh, I'm very excited for a new Dark Throne album this year. (laughs) But uh, for me, if you put anything interesting into black metal, it's interesting. If you make it folky, if you just add other genres somehow to it, just make it unique and it's fantastic. But that second wave sound, I cannot stand. Dark Throne are like the only band that I can still get down because now Dark Throne are doing more than just rehashing second wave black metal. Like they've got the trad metal stuff. They've got doom. They've got a little bit of punk in there. They just kind of sound like they're they're not a black metal band. They just sound like Dark Throne now. Mm, And like I I loved Old Star. I thought maybe I thought I still think that Old Star is my favorite Dark Throne album. Like people are going to absolutely crucify me. For saying that, but I think that what Dark Throne is doing now is infinitely more interesting than like Natasha and Eternal Sleep or whatever. <laughs> I res- I respect what it did, but I don't have to listen to that ever again. Yeah. It's easy. I, oh, go for it. I, I think the entire scene in Second Wave is extremely fascinating, especially with everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. But it's just not great to listen not to. The music. And, <laughs> no. It's really not. It's more of a movement, you know? They were just trying to make a point and be special. They were kind of snowflakey, really. 
You're not wrong. That's but... classic. It's classic black metal guys. You know, they just think they're really tough, but they were they posturing little 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. And they thought they were hard as shit. Murdered. They thought they were hard as shit because they because they took their dad's rifles and shot through a McDonald's window in in Oslo yeah. or something like. Yeah, like, and then one of them got you're a murdered. child. You're a baby. <laughs> well, Haircat, what did you feel about this? You mentioned it a little bit, but I, I want to get your thoughts on where the gloom becomes sound. Okay, I hate that I agree with Diedrich, but I also hate it. I did not like this album at all. Hmm. This album has, like, everything that I thought I would enjoy, and I never bounced off so hard of an album. Wow, okay. Like, I, I feel like this is an album that will eventually grow on me, just because there's been... Every time that I go, that I try to go back something else, I make it a little bit further into it, but then I just, I can't. It's bottom heavy. The beginning sounds really cool. Like nothing wrong against it. It sounds beginning. Great. But it's the middle that just feels like a slog and I just can't, I can't. And then the end is great. And that's where all the hits are. And I'm like, great. So this is what I have to sit through for <laughs> to get to the meaty part of the with... album. Yeah. It starts off really strong. Well, it depends on what you like, though, because it starts off with like three poppy songs in a row. You do have to make it to the middle to get to like Daughter yeah, of the Gin, and and you have to make it all the way to the end to get to Funeral Pyre, which is the most like traditional metal song on there. It's got like the thrashy riff and there's no trace of like post-punk on it whatsoever. So I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I just went in blind. I never had listened to Tribulation. I wanted to. Oh, to like okay. Oh, like yeah, that makes sense. But I never got to that because, again, time sucks. Yeah. But um, when I was like, well, maybe I'll give this one a try because I never listened to it. And then maybe I'll go ahead and listen to the other stuff that they have. I never found think- so hard. I think a lot of what makes this album really fun for me is listening to it as a progression of the Tribulation albums that I have listened to and I love. So I think I can see how somebody who isn't already familiar with that sound might find this a little bit polarizing because it is a little bit more stripped down and simplified than the last of their of their albums have been. Do you think that Cat should then go back and listen to like Down Below and no. then Children of the Night? No, no, I think that if you, no, I think that if you don't same. like this album, you will like the other ones worse. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're they're all they're all one and the same. There's not that much of a big de- departure. That no, you're that's I like what they're doing though. Like a tribulation album, right? You know, so. I, I like what they're doing though. Like they're progressing. Yeah, the they're one. showing an evolution to their sound, which great, but not for me. I think it was the first time that these guys got on my radar was again when when we uh, we mentioned it uh, when uh, Children of the Night came out. But I think it was either Corey or Dan sent me a picture of them seeing them live. And, you know, they're talking like their big shirts unbuttoned, Mm -hmm. you know, big like 70s, uh, you know, bell bell bottoms and the makeup and stuff. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow, look at these guys. Yes, (laughs) they have a they have a presence about them when they are. They have an aesthetic. They put on an insane. I love it so much. And Jonathan Holton, I just admire him just through and through. He's so incredibly talented. I mean, 
you guys know that I loved his his solo album that came out last year, Chance from Another Place. And if you go back and you watch any of the music videos, look at the artwork, look at other tribulation artwork, that's all him, yeah. you know, and the, the makeup that and he does, that's all him. If and you want to talk cool. about albums, if you want to talk about 2020 <laughs> albums that I didn't get to listen to until 2021, that was one that I was super late to checking out, but I loved it. Yeah. So I good. thought it was yeah. fantastic. Oh, I didn't. I don't know if I've. I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast before, but I saw Tribulation, um, in I believe it was the Roxy in West Hollywood when they played, and the way that the Roxy is set up, it's a very small stage, and they have Mm -hmm. like a the stage kind of extends out because they put all of the subwoofers in front of of the stage. And so Tribulation were playing, they were doing their last song, and Jonathan is, you know, head to toe, full lace dress garb, all the makeup and everything, having a great time, gets up on top of one of the subwoofers, jumps into the audience in the middle of playing guitar. I'm like, whoa, this guy's so cool, this rock and roll, man. And so then, you know, their set ends and they, you know, they come back out for the encore and Jonathan's the last one back on the stage and he's very obviously limping while he's playing. And I'm like, oh, shit, little buddy, what's going on? And so I guess what ended up happening, you know, they finished their set and everything was fine. And I checked my Instagram the next day. And what ended up happening, I think, is that he broke two of his ribs when wow. he jumped off of the amplifier stack because of how hard he landed in the audience. They took him immediately to Cedars sinai after the show, got him patched up, and then just went on the road and kept playing. It's, he's a trooper, and I have nothing but respect for him. That's the coolest shit I've ever seen. It, it, I have to get it out there. This album in Europe is a Century Media Records album here in the States. It's a metal blade. Is it Both, really? Yes, it is. I thought it was Century Media Worldwide. Nope. It's Metal Blade here stateside. They have done an amazing job with this amazing album art too. Um, really, really, really cool uh, package here. I want to quickly go around and get everybody's favorite song for the album. Vince, your fa- favorite song, buddy? Daughter of the Gin, easy. Oh, okay. Handily, my favorite song on the album. Like yeah. from the first time I listened to it, I'm like, this is the one. Angela. Um, it's a toss-up between Daughter of the Gin and In, In Remembrance. I really like both of those. Ian? If you asked me yesterday, I would have said Funeral Pyre. Today, I think it's In Remembrance because, it again, it just it makes me do, like, the shoulder shimmy when I hear that. <laughs> it's that's, just— Adam, that's that's what Adam said was his favorite as, yeah, uh, as well. Yeah, really. It's a good it, one. It, it's yeah. a really strong it, way to open that album. It grows on you the most. yeah. I don't know. There's just the first three tracks in a row. I just I don't know. I'm into how I I don't I don't get this much with with a lot of albums, but this is one of those albums that when it's playing like on Spotify on my Xbox and I'm walking around the living room, I have to check my uh, watch. Be like, oh, what's that track again? Because Mm -hmm. it gets them. It gets to so many parts. You're like, man, that just sounds good. You know, you want to remember it. You can just listen to it again and again. This is this is definitely one of those albums you put on. And you just let it play unless you're Hera or Dietrich Care and you just <laughs> listen you to just, something else. Yeah, you just listen to something else. Uh, my favorite track would probably be In Remembrance as well, but Funeral Pyre is a banger. 
it's it's gonna be a toss-up between uh it's 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 always a toss-up between funeral pyre and daughter of the Jin. like i love all of the directions that they go on this album there's something about that motorhead style thundering sort of baseline that just it's 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 what i need all the time well i'm gonna toss a life raft here Herakat and diedrich that was where the gloom becomes sound. That was our album of the month for January. But other metal albums were released in January that may have captured us. So I'm going to start to bring us, bring you guys back into the fold here. Because, you know, sometimes we all can't like the same things. So what did you, Hera, what captured you in January that you were listening to? Nothing, because I haven't had any time. <laughs> Ouch. I there's a list of albums that I want to go back to. I haven't had I haven't made any progress because as as we're all aware, I started grad school and so my time is no longer mine and but I will go back and see what's available when I can. Okay. So, nothing for me yet. Okay. Well, don't well, you know by yes. time you finish by time you finish you will have enough music to last you through grad school again if you wanted to get or oh, getting, yeah. your do, getting your doctorate if you wanted to I go mean, back through. I mean that that will happen in like 10 more years. I don't know. <laughs> you know listeners one time you're going to be listening to this podcast and you're going to hear her say I'm done. I'm finally <laughs> done. Yeah. I'm going to come back at like the end of May and just going to be like guys I did it. I'm yep, I did it. Well, I did there's it. There's gonna be there's gonna be balloons and confetti and noisemakers. We're gonna have a party for you. Thank you. Yep. Okay, Diedrich, I'm going to you. Anything else that captured you in January, my friend? I know yeah. you've done a couple of good reviews on the site, so those were were occupying you. Absolutely. I thought Sawan was fantastic, which was not a surprise. Um, it just has that perfect swan feeling. There's so much emotion in it. There's so much good, like, sociopolitical commentary. Just this, like, Monarch talks about a lot how men, um, we try to be tough too much and not, are not in touch in our feelings. They deal with things like that a lot. They deal with kind of a war zone on illusion, if you look at the video. And it's just absolutely a heartbreaking song. And this is this is really an album that's probably already a good con- candidate for album of the year. And it is only 40 minutes. That's my one problem with it. It is short. And I, I do wish it, it ended like, uh, let's see, Lotus ended with an eight-minute song. And that's something they should have done, I thought, just to get that album to about 50 minutes to finish off with a really complex, proggy song. Because they don't do that as much. They don't have as much proggy elements as they used to. It's kind of more friendly, I suppose, to more casual listeners. But it also makes it a great start to someone who could get into prog metal, who can then continue into Orpet and other bands like that. Into Wheel, for example. I think Wheel could be a good step. They actually have their second album, album out in March, I think. That could be exciting as well. But yeah, I think it's a really great stepping stone. It's a really good introduction for someone who wants to get into metal, into prog metal. And yeah, I just really love everything about it by now. I was going to say, so this you're telling me that this is the Soan album that I should listen to. I mean, if you don't like I would them, say, you're not going to like them. I've never given them a shot before. 
But I, I think that the way you describe this album makes it seem like this would be the one that I would want to start with. It's possible. I, um, I, I have a friend who just calls everything dead prog, everything like this. She just says <laughs> they play this at, at every bar in, in Vancouver where she's from. And I don't get that. There's so much feeling, so much romance in this for me. And I just adore it. But some people will not get it. Like, I don't get the Tribulation album. And um, <laughs> it, it, you can't convince them otherwise, you know. I, I, I think had, of those albums had, you either love or, or you won't get it. I had that reaction. I I had the, the same reaction you had to Tribulation. I had to Soen. I think I made it 30 seconds into one song. And I was like, this is aggressively not my thing. Um, and your review was great. And everything that you said, I was like, I want to like this album so bad. Once the vocals came in, I was like, I'm out. I'm out really hard. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, that's a good point about the vocals. I adore yours vocals. And it's one of the few bands that when I listen to, I never wish that there was a instance where he growls because with a lot of, music that has clean vocals you just wish does that moment just growl a bit you know just give it some more grit but with someone that never comes into play and that's exactly that, that tells me that it's brilliant that's exactly what i was thinking i was like if he would just not sing and just growl this would be awesome but once and that's like the that he does the kind of clean vocals in death metal that i just can't stand like the, I just, I don't, I don't get into it. Oh no. Maybe I won't like this after all. I don't know. I have that same reaction to most of the stuff that people make me listen to that it would be considered prog, but I still keep trying. Like I still want to get what other people see in this stuff. The only thing that's stopping me from listening to this Soa album is literally their album cover. I hate it. Yeah, same. That's, that's hard to look at. I don't understand. There's there's almost nothing there to hate. And maybe that's a good idea of like why why it's not good is because there's it's just like a black snake on a black background. It's like the um like in Spinal Tap when they have the smell the glove album art after they like fix it up from the label. It's just like black on black on black. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't want to look at snakes. I don't want snakes. Oh, anywhere yeah. around no. me. I don't want no. them on my screen or around me anyway. Just make them go away. That's fair. <laughs> I think everybody's got that one thing that they just you can't ever yeah. understand it rationally, but you're like you're just terrified of it. Mine's scorpions, incidentally. <laughs> I can't deal with them. I think that they're the most evil thing on the planet. I will never in my entire life look at one on purpose. It's they're awful. So awful. Yeah. You know what mine are? Carnies. Small hands. <laughs> Smell like cabbage. <laughs> Any Austin Powers fans here? Yes. Mine are clowns. Yeah, no, I just, I don't like clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns, but I still don't like them. Yeah, no, I hate yeah, clowns. They're I'm not afraid they're of just, them. They just shouldn't exist. No one, yeah. no one needs clowns. <laughs> the society has progressed past the need for clowns. Yeah, we've evolved too far. We've evolved. The clowns are in the Senate. We don't need any more clowns. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> well, swish. Now for my favorite part of the podcast, Angela, break out that handy dandy note notepad yes. here. Let's see. Here we yes. go. There we go. What do you got for us this this month? 
I got it. I'm ready. Um, I have to kick this off by talking about that Emma Ruth Rundle Vow EP. That was a companion piece to um, Mayor Chambers Be Full, The Helm of Sorrow. And it's just amazing. I just love them. <laughs> I love them both. And I love them doing things together. And um, in this EP, I feel like her vocals are a little bit more showcased or something like there's some more quieter songs where it's just like a quiet instrumental with just her vocals shining through. Um, and that was really cool to see. And I just absolutely adore that. I, I love how grungy the music's gotten. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. And there was one song that even sounds hard. like, um, very like nineties, like cranberry esque, like yeah. that yeah. last cranberries track. Cover. I, yeah. There's a cranberries cover on that album. Is That's that what, what it is. is? Oh, well, yeah. then that Hollywood, makes sense. Hollywood, Hollywood is a cover of a Cranberry song. It oh, is well, it is Emma Ruth Rundle doing her very best Dolores O'Riordan impression, and, it and it's fucking off. fantastic. I didn't realize that that yeah. was a cover. Fuck. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> I think my biggest issue with that album is that it shouldn't have been a 2020. Re- it shouldn't have been a 2021 release. And if you if you look at the album cover that they have on Spotify, it says The Helm of Sorrow, an EP by Thou and Emma Ruth Rundle released in 2020. Mm. <laughs> and it's because it was just, it was tracks from the same session right. that they did May Our Chambers Be Full in, and they decided to release it as bonus material that you can right. buy, you can get it if you buy the special edition of the album, but I don't, the, I think my biggest complaint with it is that like, I don't see why it should have been a separate album in the first place. Just yeah. the real, the regular, like may our chambers be full was only 38 minutes. Right. And this will only tack on an extra 20 yeah. onto that. Yeah. Still could Definitely have made it. Have one album. Album. It's, yeah. it's a marketing thing is what it is. Yeah. And I think it's, it irritates me more than anything else, but I can't argue with the music in That's any fair. way, shape That's or form. That's totally fair. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, it's it's more of the same. I love each of them individually. I love what they do together. Exactly. Yep. That's my my feelings. Exactly. Um, and I had two other albums. There's um, an album called Gaslit by a band called Divide and Dissolve. I don't know if anyone is familiar with them, but yeah. Okay. I I love them. <laughs> love, love them. So I saw them live once. Managed to catch them uh, when they played. They were on a tour in the U.S. with Sumac. Of all oh, people, that's and right. they I'd love to see them live and see how they do it because it's just two people. It's just guitar and drums. That's yeah. it. It's just that's... guitar, drums, and vocals. Yeah, yeah. So they're amazing. They're they're like doomed drone, and their their music always has a great message. They fight for Black and Indigenous liberation. You know, this album is just very very pow- powerful. At times, very jarring. It just it really gets you know what they're trying to convey across, and it's just so well done. Um, very, they're very blunt yes. about their the points that they try to make, which is Ab- something that I really appreciate. It. They are not a band that minces words. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And if you if you see them live, <laughs> it's it's very much in that same vein. Like they don't fuck around. They did That's not come awesome. here to fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that one day we can. <laughs> so, I, it was awesome. I loved yeah, I watching it. them. I loved them. Yeah, I remember awesome. they got featured on Bandcamp on like the Bandcamp Daily blog like years ago, and that was how I found out about them. I'm like, whoa, this is like, the, just from the description of them alone and like what they what they do and what they try to accomplish. I'm like, this is so cool. Right, and it's that's just what really, me right away. I just yeah. like read their about and I was like, fuck yes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's like if Sun had a little bit more structure to it, yeah. which is perfect for me. 
totally. Yep, I feel that. <laughs> They're awesome. I yeah, need to. Sure. I I didn't even know that they released a new one. I forgot. So yes, I, I want to say it was towards the end of the month. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you like them too. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also listened to an EP by a band called Mother of Graves, and the EP is titled In Somber Dreams, and it's their debut. Um, and oh my God, it was just so good. It's melodic death doom. Um, I think I read somewhere that they pulled a lot of inspiration from like older Catatonia and Paradise Lost. It's very you good. Really get that? Okay. Yeah, the Paradise Lost vibe oh, comes yeah, through really for sure. hard. For sure. Yeah. Can you give me the name of that album, cur- please? Thank you very much. I'm gonna go find it now. Yeah, <laughs> it is currently real peace still hours. Can you mention that again, please, for me? It's the band is Mother of Graves, and the EP is titled In Somber Dreams. It is currently real peace still hours. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and I think they mentioned that somewhere too. Like it's yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> and that's all I got. Closing the notebook. <laughs> Closed. Well Closed. Ian, Done. <laughs> open your mental notebook, Ian. Oh, I got a real notebook. It's open. Oh. Jeez. I need to get a notebook. Shit. Yeah, we gotta get a we notebook here. in this house. Yeah. Oh yes, I collect we them. Swift, <laughs> that's what my Instagram is for. I archive all albums I listen to on there. So yeah, they sit. We're we're trying to go a lot more eco friendly with the things that we do, except for notebooks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the one thing I, I think either so one many, of us are. I can't. <laughs> we're never gonna get, never gonna give up writing stuff down on on paper. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna start with one. Well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to start with a different one. So uh, I thought the start of this. I, I thought this month was a little slow because I wasn't looking forward to sewing um, and or 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 really anything else. Um, the only things that I kind of latched onto really hard were tribulation because I've been looking forward to that one. And then there were a couple of things that came along that surprised me. Um, and the first one was one that I wrote a review for. Uh, the band is commonly known as X Imperatus, but the full name of the band is 51 letters long, and I'm not going to even <laughs> try to pronounce it because the point of it is that it's supposed to be unpronounceable. Um, but they put out an album called Shahrartu that is really the the most interesting death metal I've heard in a long time. Um, it is it's technical death metal without being tech death. So you don't need a PhD in mathematics to be able to piece together the riffs. You do kind of need a a lot of like, you need to be prepared for a lot of like occult mysticism. Um, Fuck yeah. And because they take inspiration from like ancient Eastern tradition. So Egyptian, Babylonian, Sumerian, but then also there's like, uh, like a, a gentle dusting of like Lovecraft outer horror stuff. But then it's also like Roman and it, it's weird. It's everything that's like all the occult stuff that's happened across the world from a certain time period condensed into one sort of amorphous blob. Um, but at the end of the day, musically, they do some really interesting death metal that that harkens back to your your Niles and your necrophagists without being too fast or too technical. They they lean more heavily into like the groovier side of Nile and Necrophagist. Um 
And it, the way that they the, – the riffs are just so unique. They do stuff that I haven't heard any other death metal band do because they're so influenced by this, like, esoteric, you know, occultism. They they just go for – they go for what you don't expect. And it, it really makes for a very interesting listen. And that was the first one that came along where I was, like, surprised by how much I, I enjoyed it. I picked it to review because I wanted to buy into the goof. It's not a goof. <laughs> They're very serious about what they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually read your review of that album, and I checked out one of the songs on it, and I I really kind of liked it. Yes, it's, it's great. Remi- it reminded me a lot of Nile. Yes. And Nile is one of the very few, like, technical death metal bands that I actually do enjoy. You know, it reminded – and I didn't check out the whole album – I uh, I might end up still doing well, the that. selling point. The selling point for you is that it goes by real quick. So <laughs> it's not a long it's not a long drawn out affair. I got um, shit to do today. Yeah, I don't it, have it, time for an hour and 20 minute album because I think if it, it, an album that's so like conceptually mind bending would be a lot to take in if it was yeah. an hour. Yes. So it I gets would not. I would not want to listen to an hour of 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 what I listen to, but I will listen to 38 to 45 minutes of it. It is exactly. Yeah, it gets in and out without overstaying its welcome. That's perfect. Um, The hmm? no, I just remembered who this band is. They released that stupidly long album titled album that I will never (laughs) be able to pronounce. But I remember me uh, for context, uh, Uncle Max from Metal Band Camp, uh, the blog. When we talked about this album, and I was like, why the fuck is it so long? He's like, I don't know. It's this I, can, I have an answer for that one. It's because all of their lyrics are written in ancient, archaic Belarusian, and <laughs> that's the approximated English translation of it. Because they're based on a mist. And they <laughs> oh do, they also, on top of everything else that they have going on, they also very heavily steep themselves in, like, the mythology of Belarus. Oh so there's God. that, too. <laughs> That explains why that stupid album title is so long. Yes, correct. Oh God. Um, I am going to be alone on this next one, but this is a hill that I have previously stated that I'm willing to die on. The Body put out a new album the same day as Tribulation. I wasn't expecting them to release a new album, but they release a new album roughly every three to five weeks. So I should theoretically always be expecting them to release a new album. Um, I like it. It's called I've Seen All I Need to See. It is a return to form, not exactly to like all the waters of the earth, but it is their songwriting has gotten more structured to the point where they still lean very heavily on the power electronics, but they're, it's more tightly focused like the songs are on like all the waters of the earth before they started getting real weird with it. It's more straightforward of a listen, but it's and, and it is it is just Chip and Lee with a couple guests thrown in sparingly. So they sort of paired themselves back. It is I, I would say if you're somebody who rolls your eyes when you hear that the body has released a new album, it might be one to at least try because it flows. It, it'll it'll it's much more listenable than than they've been in a while, which I'll listen to them no matter what their sound is, because I'm a I'm a fan of them. But this is, I think, the album that everybody wants them to release. Well, 
now you've got it. So go listen to it. <laughs> I used to be a fan of them. The last time that I saw them live, I literally almost fell asleep while they were playing. We saw the same set. I thought that was great. (laughs) I was so fucking bored. Like, almost to tears watching them play. I was out of my mind bored. I... I have somehow, along the way, lost the ability to care about anything that they do anymore. And I think part of that is just because... They put out so much music that it's so much effort to keep up with what yeah. they do that I'm just mm-hmm. like, I you need to stop. I'm <laughs> I'm much more of a fan of the body in concert with like their group albums, their collab albums are some they of my are, favorite things. I and it's been a while since a straight up the body album has resonated with me as much as this one, but I like this a lot. Now the only thing more fun than seeing the body live is yeah. watching everyone else's reaction. Yeah. The visceral, like hunched over fingers in the ears, like eye rolling, the audible groans that come out when when they just set up like a shitty cafeteria table with a bunch of fucking electronics on it and a, a shitty projector playing a movie and they just make noise for 45 minutes. Hera I love and I, Hera and I can attest to our experience with this because we saw the body yes we saw the body when Mm. they were the mid point in the set between a shoegaze band and 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 they put on a full 40 minute harsh noise set Mm. yes i watched i watched West L.A. hipsters walk out in droves with the most disgusted looks on their faces that I have ever seen in my life. And that was easily the most enjoyable part of their set. That's how we got front row for Alcest. Yeah. Those people couldn't hang. We could hang. We got up front for Alcest because we stayed through the body. (laughs) The irony is that I did not bring earplugs to that show, and I was standing with Vince right next to, I think, what one of the speakers was. I still don't know how I lost my hearing or started bleeding out of my ears. It was rough. (laughs) It was rough, but I did it. (laughs) Anyway, I think The Body's new album is great. (laughs) I will never listen to The Body as long as I live, not after that show. (laughs) Like I said, I'm fully prepared to die alone on this hill, but I will die standing on top of this hill. I have their collab album with Thou. That's really all that I need from them. Mm. I think that of their discography... That's going to be the peak. It's probably always going to be the peak for me. Even the collab albums that they have put out recently have just been too much for me. I don't know what people saw in their collab with Full of Hell. I hated, I love it. I hated both of them. I love them so, so much. much. They were awful. It was literally the cover. worst thing. Yeah. It was so bad. I couldn't I could not handle it. I love their collab with Thou. I think that the two albums that they did with Thou are probably all that I need from their discography anymore. Anyway, moving on. So I'm not so I don't feel so attacked. Um, I discovered this band this morning because of a YouTube recommendation. Uh, they're called Yoth Iria, and the album is called As the Flame Withers. If you can imagine Two ex-members of Rotting Christ with a third ex-member of Rotting Christ providing guest guitar work make an album that sounds a lot like a Rotting Christ album. No, this doesn't sound like a Rotting Christ album because Rotting Christ album, Rotting Christ don't write albums, they write songs. 
They, they write, write one well, song and then they put it on an album 12 times. Yeah, they're basically adding pages to their Necronomicon, which I'm like, I'm totally okay with because I like Rotting Christ. Well, these are, these like are two, of the, two of the founding members of Rotting Christ, like uh, uh, Jim Mutilator, their old bass player, and mm-hmm. the Magus who used to play keyboards for them. Um teamed up to make an album it gets categorized as a black metal album but it doesn't really sound like a black metal album at all it does yes it does i I saw a lot of people chatting about this on twitter and i checked that album out and it's very it feels very middle of the road i don't really know why everybody gets their got their shorts and a twist for it i liked it i thought it was good it's um, it just you know, it just sounds like a black metal album. It's because you know that there's gonna be that black metal guy who's gonna just wank himself over and be like, "Yes, this no. is what I want." And it's like no, I need you to do something to... better now. Yeah. I need you to do something different. I'm starting to feel. Thing, I'm, damn it! I'm starting to feel like I never should have been a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's fine. Like like what you like, man. I don't I don't yeah. care. I just like I. It, it was surprising to me to see how much people hyped that album up when I was like, this is okay. I thought it was good. Anyway, we'll finish with something that's probably going to be a slam dunk. That new Gate Creeper EP. That fucking oh. rules. <laughs> nope. That shit goes in. Nope. What? No? That nope. is fucking amazing. <laughs> I, that's but another anyway, band that I you're just you're, you're serious? That's another band oh. that somewhere, somewhere along the way I lost my ability to care about what they do. Which I just... I. <laughs> I love you, Vince, but this is probably the first time I haven't. Well, aside from a one whole genre, but this <laughs> yeah, is, can, but this is a, but, but oh man, my friend, you, can fight uh, me about this. Uh, you don't like the, the, like the classic, like, I, I, you know, you hear this name thrown around so many times with bands, okay. and I was going to mention this, but you always hear Bolt Thrower thrown in. You yeah. don't like the whole old I school. I love Bolt Thrower. I love, I love that whole oeuvre of death metal. Okay. Gate Creeper just doesn't do it for me hmm. anymore. Okay. It's, death metal, it's death metal for hardcore kids. Okay. okay. Hi. Okay. Have I agree with you. Sorry. It's death metal made for hardcore kids. <laughs> so, well, you know what? It's 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 so funny you mention that, Vince, because last year I, I interviewed, uh, what's it, Troy, the bass player from Creeping Death, mm-hmm. and they're hardcore kids who got into death metal, and they play a yeah. similar style. Yeah, I don't really like them all that much either. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Well, I was going to mention this too. I, you know, to, to borrow some of his thunder here, this unexpected reality here is fricking. Like, they surprise dropped it on us. I think they told us it was going to come out the next day. It's a real quick, like 20 minute listen. It gets in and it gets out and it ends with gate creeper. Probably they're doing their best song ever. Emptiness and 11 minute doom track. Yes. It I was is just amazing. Say the same thing. Emptiness is like the highlight of their entire discography. And they also got a major label deal because of this EP. So they signed with now. I think Nuclear Blast. Oh. It'll be really interesting to see where they go from here. Which is really interesting. You don't like this, Vince, because each track up until Emptiness, yeah, a minute, 59 seconds. It's half grindcore, half funeral doom, but like not done as well as either of those genres have done by other people. You talk about splits, my friend. I know you're a fan of them. Their split, their split with Iron Reagan from a couple years back is fantastic. I'm trying to remember death metal, hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) There the two shall mix in my book. 
I mean, I love Iron Reagan, so. <laughs> I, the Iron Reagan, tri- the, the, okay, now I'm, I was trying to remember that, that split, and I do remember it. I liked the Gate Creeper tracks off of that split. I think that was probably the best songwriting I think that they had. I wasn't super big on the Iron Reagan side of that split. Because I really liked the Iron Reagan album that they put out before that one. And these ones kind of just felt like leftovers from that same session. Like it didn't feel like it was their best foot forward. Okay. And whoever said twins are alike. Yeah. Usually we have pretty similar tastes in music. I think this is the first time where like. We've kind of just been like at odds about a lot of We've stuff. We've fought about the body before on this podcast. Yeah, even. This probably isn't the first time. But I'm like, just... I am genuinely surprised that you don't like the Gate Creeper EP. I just, I stopped being. I don't know. Like, they're. I don't know. I feel like this relationship that he's got with Gate Creepers, like the same relationship I have with Blood Incantation. I don't get it. I don't get why everyone loves Blood Incantation. Uh, do I, I, get, I get Blood Incantation. For I don't. You just need to decalcify your pineal gland. I will go to bat for you on that. I don't get that at all. Get you both it. need to concentrate. No! Just concentrate. Become the Stargate. <laughs> That's the irony is that I have a patience for tech, for tech death, but I don't have the patience for blood incantation. So. It's not tech death. It's just morbid angel, bro. No, what I'm saying is that I don't have the patience for it, and I don't care. Everyone is I fucking like, love Morbid Angel. Why wouldn't I like this? Oh, boy. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, Ian, you got any more? No, I'm going to stop talking now. Because <laughs> I don't like the way I'm being treated. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before I get to mine, I want to make sure I've mentioned everybody. Diedrich, everybody, everyone got all their recommendations out for the month? I haven't gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vince, I, 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 I there can, you go. That's fine. Mine will, mine will be mercifully short hold because on, hold I... On, Dietrich, hold on, Vince. Dietrich okay. again has been sitting there so patiently. Dietrich, please go go ahead, bud. Yeah, I can mention Kurpiklani as well, yes. um, which I've reviewed as well. And it's their 11th album, and they've really kind of grown into a lot more serious band and have stopped doing just this, you know, drinking songs and... <laughs> They, they've they just put so much humpa into it, which is this Finnish polka. And they've called it a lot of the times that it's basically old people music with a bit more guitar in it. But now they have actually started to make really a lot more complex songs on Yulha. And um, it it's probably not going to be as popular like Kulkia wasn't two years ago, I think, three years ago, where no one was really that into that into that album but um i like how the band does get mature now that they're a bit old um, they can't drink so as heavily I, as they yeah. used to yeah everybody they, everybody likes corpaclani i think because corpaclani were a meme band mm-hmm. they was like oh they're that band yeah. that writes songs about they write the they write the tumpa tumpa songs about drinking so like it's kind of interesting i think that you mentioned that they're taking a little bit more of a serious turn in their music i almost appreciate that more yeah, it's it's not as fun, but it's nice to see that they're actually taking it a bit more seriously. But, you know, when you go see them live, you do want to hear beer, beer and vodka and, you know, stupid songs like that that are insanely fun. They're just mm-hmm. not very good, objectively. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I, I tend to see a, a big separation between good and fun, and I think that yeah. they can be two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I like some albums because they're good, and I like some albums because they're fun. Yeah, I think Ailstorm is a great example of that. They are horrific, but yes. I will always go see them live very yes. happily. Because Ailstorm is an experience. Yeah. <laughs> Vince? Yeah, um... I only have a couple that I wanted to mention because I think that, like, I think like Ian said, I, f- I felt like January is sort of a dry month for me, which is almost a relief because I was still catching up with so much music from 2020 in January just because of how many really insanely good albums that were dropping and because I still have to listen to that Ulcerate album all the time. <laughs> um, so the the other big one besides Tribulation for me was a new album by Portrayal of Guilt called We Are Always Alone. It sucks. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> you haven't listened to it. I haven't listened Count. to it yet. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> it is. It's easily their best album. And to be honest, I was kind of worried about whether or not it was going to live up because they have sort of, they're a band again, who are, who are like approaching sort of like a rapid fire level of releasing music. And I think the last couple of splits that they've released, they haven't, they haven't really been putting their best stuff out, but this album kicks everything into a much higher gear. It's it's easily some of the most interesting screamo I think I've listened to in a long time. It's it blends in so much like weird industrial hard noise and like shades of black metal into like a very dark sort of take on the classic Richmond, Virginia sound of screamo. It's just it's it, it reminds me why I got into them in the first place, why I think they are one of the most forward thinking bands doing it right now. It's it's insanely good. I will have more to say about that later when I write it up for the monthly column that I do. Um, the other album that I listened to that's almost in the same vein that I really liked from this month is an album by a band called Terminal Bliss. The album is called Brute Errata, and it is grindy, noisy, weird, hardcore punk from members of Page 99 and City of Caterpillar which might not mean anything to anyone sitting here, but they are like veterans of the Richmond, Virginia hardcore punk scene, like Screamo and post-hardcore and all that. Also, one of the dudes from City of Caterpillar played in Darkest Hour, which I just found out from reading the liner notes of this album, so that's cool. (laughs) Um, But it's a 10-minute full-length album, it rules. It won't waste much of your time if you want to check it out. That that quote you just said got me to laugh. A 10-minute full-length. It is. It is a 10-minute long full-length album. There's like uh, there's like 11 tracks on it, I think. Yeah, there is uh, 10, 10 tracks, the longest being a uh, minute 47. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It doesn't, it doesn't take up too much time. It doesn't take up too much brain space, but it is a really interesting and very fun album. Hmm. Okay. Well... I will list any more for you, Vincent. I'm going to be rude. And, nope. Okay. That is it for me. Well, my brother Ian mentioned the gate creeper, so I would not need to touch on that again. Uh, Asphyx really released Necrosecros. I'm going to butcher that. I already did. Classic death metal uh, from Asphyx there. It's just old school death metal. It's not 
you know, like the current trend of death metal, like the tomb mode stuff. It's just, you know, like both thrower era death metal, what they've always done. And probably my album of the month after the gate creeper frozen soul and their album crypt of ice. This album is another fantastic death metal release. That one was pretty fun. I, I like that one a little bit. Yes. That's it's, it's very much like, they're 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 very much trying to do the bolt thrower thing there, <laughs> like it's it's obvious but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been listening to that and uh, the lead singer from I'm drawing a blank so I'm going to skip that. Uh, that's why yeah. I need a notebook. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do need a notebook because sometimes my mind and my ADD fails me. <laughs> um. So that will wrap it up for that. I want to quickly touch on something. I have to do this because I know a bunch of us here probably share the same sentiment. Uh, The Metal World earlier this month on the 4th lost Alexia Lahio from Children of Bodom. I know for me personally, when I got into metal in 99, 2000, Children of Bodom was one of my gateway bands yeah uh hate crew death roll uh i've spun that album more times than i can count yep so that was a big shock to me to see that i didn't know that he was ill you know to me he never looked i don't want to i'm not bad mouthing the, the gentleman he just alexi never looked healthy ever he always um just looked ill um is it but I didn't expect this coming. Is it bad to say that I kind of did? Really? We can we can cut this out if it's too harsh. Okay, okay but yeah. But when you, I mean, Children of Bodom are one of my favorite bands of all time. They were the band that got me into death metal. Hey Crew, Death Roll was literally an album that changed my life. And mm-hmm. Alexi Laiho was my favorite guitar player for a long time. Um. But when you spend half your life getting. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. I'm back. Did I, did I quit? Yeah, cut out. Go back. Oh, out. When you spend half, half, your when life. you spend half your life, literally half your life getting blackout drunk every single day without exception can we really be surprised that you are battling some long-term health issues in your early forties? Um, when I heard he died, it was really sad, but it was not surprising um, because he's been very open. And I think even before he was open about it, it was just kind of an unspoken fact that he was a raging alcoholic. Um, he was so, sober for a while, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he, got, he got sober for a few years towards the end of his life, but he spent from, like, his late teens into his late 30s literally blacking out every single day of his life. Like, a handle of Jack Daniels every day for dinner drunk. So... You know, they haven't officially released any cause of death on him, so I'm I'm not out here trying to speculate like I'm yeah. a medical expert, but you know, he he did a lot of things that ruined his health. And 
I just, you know, and it's sad. It really is like his losses is, is an enormous loss to the metal community, but I wasn't necessarily like taken aback by the fact that he died young. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, I didn't, I didn't see it coming because, you know, like I mentioned, he, he, he never you looked healthy. always imagine that your heroes yeah. are invincible. But, but you know, the, the thing is, is that just like Children of Bummer, why I, I wanted to mention them, like Ian just said, you know, whatever people may feel about the guy personally, I've never met him personally, I can't, but like Phil Anselmo to me was the reason I got into metal. Ch- uh, uh, Alexi here with Children of Bodom, when I found Hate Crew Death Row, mm-hmm. I listened, it, it was nothing that I was not listening to nonstop. Yeah. Needle 24 7, six pounder, where yes. the angels don't kill, was just nonstop. Boom, boom, boom. I don't, I don't, beach terror. I don't Needle, listen, yeah, I don't listen to music like this anymore. Needle 24 7 is one of the reasons that I am the way that I am right now, sitting in front of you. The black nail polish and everything. Like, <laughs> I when I heard that song for the first time at a very young age, it it flipped a switch in my brain that cannot be unflipped. It is Alexi Laiho is one of the reasons why I am the way that I am today. When there was the the sentiment that got echoed the most when we were talking about this in our in our group chat. Every single person almost universally was like, hey, crew death roll changed my life. Hate Crew Death Roll changed my life. Like, when I was 16 years old, I wanted COBHC knuckle tattoos. Now that (laughs) I'm 30 years old, I kind of still want COBHC (laughs) knuckle tattoos. Like, that album is whatever whatever lulls and peaks and valleys they had in their discography, that album is eternal. And they had some valleys. They had some – sorry, they had some peaks later on, too. Like, they were not – they had their – they had, you know, a a great – Great run as a band, you know. I thought Halo of Blood was Halo some of Blood was awesome that they've yeah. done. Halo of Blood was awesome, but like, yeah. there's no question about the impact that hearing that album at the age that I did when I did had on me. It was very, very sad to see somebody that I considered such a huge part of my trajectory in life pass away. You know, Hate you, Death Roll was the first album that our mom let us buy that had a parental advisory sticker nice. on it. Nice. Like, I remember that very distinctly. She being, made that like, mistake. Yeah, being like, <laughs> can we buy this album? And and like putting my thumb over the sticker so that she maybe wouldn't see. And then she was like, does it have one of those stickers on? I was like, yeah, it does. And she was like, all right, fine, you can get it. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. What, what happened was my parents <laughs> bought us cds for easter one year i think we were like 15 or 16 or something like that and she got me a cd that was a compilation of acoustic versions of 80s hair metal power ballads (laughs) which i listened to a bunch but but ian got the mtv2 headbangers ball compilation album and one of the very first tracks on that cd was needle 24 7 and the first time i heard that I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I a- still have that song on my heavy metal playlist that I put on in the car. And reflexively, every time it comes on, my foot pushes on the gas pedal just a little bit more. <laughs> and then the keyboard solo kicks in and I just floor it 
and I get in so much trouble every time. But I, it's 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 a part of my DNA now. Yeah, you know, they're just one of those bands that we have, you know, not, probably to speak for Ian too. You, we have heard them so much that if I go through a year or two and not hearing Children Above, it's it's like I never have stopped listening to them because I have heard them that much. And I, it's I like st- it's like calling up an old yeah. friend. You know, mm-hmm. you, maybe you haven't talked to each other in a couple of months, but it's the it's picking up that conversation is just like riding a bike. You know, you never stop. It never stops being fun. So I don't want to hog the conversation. Diedrich or Hera, were you guys ever getting a children fan ever? Um, yeah, not really at the start, but I can definitely listen to a lot of Bowden. But one thing I do actually remember way before I was into metal in like the seventh, eighth grade, there were two shirts that kids would wear, and it was Bodum or Ramon Amart. Those were the only two. <laughs> the, the metalhead kids at school would wear that. And it's probably how I even first heard of the band. But differently to most, I didn't get into extreme metal through them and only kind of got into them later. Actually kind of took the folky path and got in through Elvete and um, Fintroll and Equilibrium. But I don't think Bodum's influence can be overstated. They're just, they're, there are so many bands, so many musicians that we have today because of Alexi Laiho. Yes, it's freaking fascinating guitarist hera do you have any are you a, were you fond of bodum so my introduction to bodum was just a friend of mine and like all things that happened introduced me to a song and it, the only reason i remember bodum was because when i first listened to them their newest album at the time uh came out on my birthday that's oh. how i remembered them I think it was Relent, uh, Relentless, Reckless, Forever came out during, and yeah, came out in 2011 on my birthday. That's how I remembered Bodum. But my first album of theirs was Blood Drunk. I really, I went back and I, and it still holds up despite the fact that I haven't listened to that album in maybe 10 years, more, less, I don't know. But I start, I dropped off after Halo of Blood, which I really enjoyed. And then after that, yeah. I just, you know, went on my own way, picked up other things. I liked Children of Bottom as what they were, a band filled with men who were fun and played a brand of like mellow death with a whole bunch of other things that people enjoyed. They're one of those bands that will, I think, made a mark into what everyone has listened to. And even if they've never listened to Bottom proper, I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, yeah, I know at least one Bottom song and that's mm-hmm. my favorite. No, no other metal band has the stones to do an honest to God Britney Spears cover. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, how is the lot of them? Not if a we're having a conversation to pull that off. If we're having a My... conversation about Bodum, we have to talk about their choice of cover songs because it is 100% of the time good. I don't care. I've seen a lot of people try to clown on them for this shit. Their cover songs are so Wait. much fucking fun. My. My favorite cover songs to theirs are Somebody Put Something in My Drink and Rebel Yell. Mm-hmm. Every time oh, Rebel Yell, they did Rebel Yell. Song, I'm like, we're in it, baby. We're going easily, for it. Easily, <laughs> easily it's, it's their cover of Andrew W.K.'s She Is Beautiful for me. That's almost, I almost like it more than I like the original one. I think I do actually like it more than I like the original one because it's not the best song and I get wet, but it is the best Children of Bodom cover. <laughs> I... 
I remember obsessively listening to somebody put something in my drink because I heard like 10 to 15 seconds of it featured in a live DVD that came with one of the, the, the trash lost and strung out EP that I bought. And it was just a documentary that followed him at clowning around Finland. Um, (laughs) But I remember hearing a snippet of that cover and just obsessively looking for it Mm -hmm. because it was so good. (laughs) Somebody. That had their Alice Cooper cover on it too. Uh, like, where they covered Bed of Nails. The horniest Bodum's ever been. Yes. <laughs> well, I had to get that out because the metal yeah. world lost a huge, yeah, rest huge in peace part of it there. Yeah. Huge, huge Yeah. Okay, well, that is going to do it for the January Nine Circles audio thing. I will open the floor up here if anybody wants to say anything in closing before I uh, close the book on this chapter. Thanks. If you oh, like a full thing, go listen to Tribulation. Some of us did not enjoy it, but most of us did. I suggest <laughs> you just go it with an open mind. Also, we're still in a pandemic. Please wear your fucking mask, or I swear to God, I'm coming at you with a yeah. baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. No prisoners this has anymore. Been your health administrator's service for, We've been in this shit for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am still locked away like sloth from the Goonies. Please wear your damn mask. <laughs> you, you need sunshine. He needs vitamin D. <laughs> yes. yes. Please. Wear your mask. This has been your announcement from your friendly health administrator. Yes. Thank you very yeah. much. Have a lovely rest of your day. I doesn't put herself through grad school just so she can say that without any scientific fact to back it up. Cat suffers, so you should suffer too. Put a mask on. Yeah, yeah suffer with me, you fucking assholes. And wear it properly. Yeah, and wear it yeah. properly. Thank it you goes God. over your goddamn nose. It goes over Jeez. your goddamn nose. Yes. If your nose is showing, it means your balls are showing, and I don't want to see that. <laughs> Please wear your fucking yeah. mask correctly. Thank you very much. Hell yes. Pumblebee tuna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, from everybody here, please, please go to ninecircles.co. Everybody here does amazing columns, amazing write-ups, amazing reviews. If you want to hear more of me blabbing and butchering the English language, check out my audio interviews. NineCircles.co, we're on everything, on every platform. Check us out. Everybody, please be safe. Tell your loved ones how much you love them. And until next time, we will talk to you next month. <laughs>